Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. All right. Well, good morning. It's good to see you all here this morning. And I'll tell you, that, uh, that first session of teaching, uh, boy, that's a tough one to, to step beyond. And I'll tell you this, that I'm not here to try to one-up that at all, but just I want to share with you a little bit of what God's been teaching me. And so I'm just going to give you a real quick uh, breakdown. By the way, my name is Matt. <laughs> if I haven't met you before, I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Lighthouse. And, uh, but what I want to do this morning is I, I aim to show you and to te- I want to teach you uh, about rhythm. Yeah, rhythm. Uh, and uh, the reason why uh, rhythm is important to me, it resonates with me, is because I'm a musician, okay? I sing, uh, I, I play drums, I, I play guitar. Uh, I don't do it in public much anymore because I can't hear uh, anymore, and probably not a good idea for someone that can't hear to be playing and trying to sing. Uh, that's not a good thing. However, I'm constantly playing a song in my head. I wake up every morning with a song in my head, and just so you know, the song I woke up with this morning is Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, and I'm, so I'm just saying, it's just there, and I really have no control over what the song is, and if I start singing, poor me, uh, I just say, oh, that, yeah, I'm not going to do that for you, but uh, anyway, so uh, that's just how, how my mind works. I'm constantly struggling uh, through that, and that's a blessing uh, in, <laughs> for me. And so I'm playing rhythm with my hands, or I'm tapping with, if anybody's been around me, tapping with my hands, or, or my feet or my teeth or banging on my head, whatever it may be. That's just how I do it. I need rhythm in my life, literally. I need rhythm in my life. The syncopation helps me move. The rhythm gives purpose to my every step as I go through my life. What I know is that the melody of any song relies on the underlying beat or the rhythm of what it is. Even if you don't hear the beat, even if you don't hear it, there is a time signature behind the music, and it carries it through all of it. Some time ago, I found myself without any rhythm in my everyday life. I went to bed whenever I wanted to, kind of whenever I, I finally got around to it. And sometimes that was three in the morning, four in the morning after, you know, just being up and doing whatever. I, I would get up whenever I got around to it. I, I would eat whenever I, 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 I wanted to. I sometimes would often miss breakfast and I, would, I wasn't exercising. I wasn't doing the things that I know are good for me. Uh, but I, and, and along with that, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't spending, in fact, there was sometimes I wouldn't spend any time in God's Word or praying. And if I'm being honest, the way I felt actually during that time was I felt kind of, kind of purposeless. I felt kind of aimless uh, in, in so much of what I was doing in my relationship with God. And I knew I was saved and I felt like I was, uh, but I think I kind of felt like I was a, a victim of my circumstances. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but the victim of my circumstances. Then I remembered um, a friend telling me a number of years ago, um, and probably in high school or college, and uh, I remember that he told me that, that I can make the choice to change. I can make the choice to change. And so I did. And what, so one day I made the choice. I made the choice to live on purpose. 
Let that resonate for a second. I made the choice to live on purpose. I made the choice to reject passivity in all areas of my life. The way I thought, the things that I did, the things that I ate, the way I spent my time. I made the decision to not be passive about all areas of my life. I also made the decision to not be passive or to be a recreational consumer of the Bible and become a student of the Bible. I chose to be a disciple of Christ. I decided to stop trying to lead my own life and actually fully surrender that to God. And if I can be totally transparent again here, to tell you that the journey of doing this was always forward progress would not be true because it's oftentimes one step forward, two steps back. You know exactly what I'm saying, right? But the fact is, is that there are plenty of times in my life where it's three, four, five steps forward and I'm making progress in my walk with God. And despite that moment, I have to choose every single day, every day in that moment to live in that rhythm. And the reason why is because that rhythm reaches into every part of my life, in every relationship. In the Bible, in the book of James chapter 4, it talks about two different kinds of relationships or two different kinds of friendships. The first one, the first five verses, talks about friendship with the world. And the other friendship is friendship with, with God. And the picture that it paints in the first five verses of the picture of friendship with the world, and the summary looks like this, following sinful desires. Motivation is found in a desire for earthly pleasures. And in the end, it says that it results in spiritual adultery against God. Can I tell you that I chose those words really and really uh, intentionally and because I know that it's provocative. I know that it's going to make your mind go, and that sounds a little extreme, Matt, don't you think? For some reason, the wording is, is, is there in my mind, but I want you to know that when you read the Bible, the Bible describes our relationship with God as being like a marriage. And when we choose to set God aside and pursue sin, it actually is a picture of spiritual unfaithfulness in our lives. But then in verses 6 through 10, it continues on and it talks about the kind, another kind of friendship, friendship with God. And if you were here last week, uh, Fritz talked about that pretty, pretty heavily, so I'm not going to land here long. But I will say that this is a very different thing because the motivation is now about pleasing God and not pleasing myself. It's about God leading me and not me leading me. And then it tells us how to do it. And it, I'm just going to encourage you, maybe this week, James 4 is something you need to go and read. Um, but I would say that it gives us some help on how to read. And here's what it says. It says, to seek God repentantly. It says, to pursue purity in all areas of your life. And it all points to what it says in verse 9 of James 4, where basically it sums down to say, we need to, we need to treat sin seriously. We need to recognize that we're talking about serious stuff here. And the truth is, I can't be taking sin seriously if I am removed from God's word. If God's word is not speaking into me, I'm not able to take sin seriously. Why? Because it reveals the character of God to me. And when I put it up against the truth of who I really am, it stands out and I have to confront it. I have to confront it. So before I chose to live on purpose and be intentional about my friendship with God, I was simply doing what I wanted to do. And left to my own devices, it was probably easier. Yes, it's easier to not do anything. 
It's hard to step into a relationship. It's difficult to do that. <clears throat> but I want to tell you that, that stepping into that relationship also meant that, that, that I had to make some decisions about my life. And it's easier to do what I want to do and not submit to God's leading in my life. But it was also bondage because when I lead my life, I lead it to destruction. The book of Proverbs says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction in the end. And the way it all looks for me is like this. I chose one day to live on purpose with God as my leader of my life. And here's what it looks like. I wake up every morning at the same time. And sometimes it means I have to do a five count as I'm laying there going, Lord, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. So I count to five and then I sit up and I get about my day. I spend the first part of my day drinking coffee. It's important. Drinking coffee, reading my Bible, praying, journaling, and maybe catching part of a teaching podcast. But when I read my Bible, I don't just open it up randomly. I actually try to, to do it on purpose or try to uh, follow a plan. And the question to the why for that is, is, quite honestly, it gives me a starting point each day. And sometimes I'm aiming to read through maybe the entire Bible in a certain period of time. Or sometimes I'm aiming at reading an individual book of the Bible in one sitting. Or sometimes it's a mix of like Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. And I have little pieces here and there that I'm pulling together. And sometimes, and I'll just tell you this, the most often one for me is eating the Bible, reading the Bible, eating too. I'm consuming it, reading the Bible very slowly reading it slowly and allowing the words that come off the page to wash over my mind, to soak it up as I come across them on the page. And before I start to read, I actually pray. And when I'm praying, and it, it, I'll just, just again, being, being very, very transparent, I, I literally beg God to show me his character every single morning. God, will you reveal your character to me as I read this? Show me who you are and to challenge the way that I think about you. Challenge the way I think about you and, and bring it in alignment with who you are. Challenge the way that I see myself and I ask God to remind me of the gospel and remind me who I am in Christ. To remind me of that. And sometimes this is a difficult thing to read and hear from God, but it challenges me because, because it causes me to confess sin. Sometimes it allows me just to sit still in his presence, blown away by the amazing love he has for me. Just blown away by that. And then there are other times when I struggle to understand why I'm reading about a guy named Nashon, the son of Abinadab, in the company of listing over 74,500, and reading this going, what in the world? By the way, that's in the book of, of Leviticus. Uh, you can read that if you want. But I, what I, but I do this consistently. Why? Because it's my rhythm. It's a rhythm that I need. And even when it seems difficult and maybe empty, I do it. And just so you know, my personal rhythm is as I read the Bible, I actually listen to the Bible as well. I'm an auditory learner, uh, and so I listen, and I use, I use an app that allows me to listen to different passages or to listen to different speeds. It has music in the background, and it allows it to maybe a pause after the verses and even repeat if I, if I wanted to do. Did you know that most Bible apps have that capability where you can actually listen to, to it as you read it? And maybe that's something that works well for you. And if the ESV study Bible or the ESV Bible on your, app, on your phone, you can get that very easily and it has a listen feature. I use something called Dwell, and it's actually, yeah, it costs a little bit of money to have it, but it's actually something that worked well for me. So I'll tell you, it's priceless, and it's money well spent for me. 
And then what I do is I write. I write. I begin journaling what I, what I read, what I heard, what I prayed, and what God revealed to me. And it's this free writing exercise, you know, the one that your high school English teacher said, just start writing, and you go, oh, I have no idea what I'm just going to, and I just do that every morning. I just start writing, God, what are you you showing to me? I start to write what I'm learning about how he is transferring me. And here's the benefit of that writing is I go back to it often. I go back to it often, and I kind of see. And so I get that question, why does it really matter to you? In the book of Joshua, chapter 4, there's a story of Joshua getting ready to cross the Jordan River, and he has the 12 tribes of Israel with him, and he tells the leaders of the 12 tribes, he says, hey, as you're crossing the river, grab a stone halfway across and take it to the other side and build a monument, basically, uh, 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 something to represent what it was. And so they did this, and we're not talking a small feat because we're talking across the river, grab a stone, walk up the bank to the other side, and probably something they had to shoulder to get out of there. And the reason why God did that was because it gave them an opportunity to place something that they would see and go, oh, God did that. And also to remember God's faithfulness in it. You know, it's funny, something just occurred to me just now too, is that, is that in looking back, they might see that monument that they erected and go, God, thank you for the water. Thank you for the barrier that was there that maybe you, that's there. And I look back and I go, man, God, look what you did. That was amazing what it is that you did. And after I'm done journaling, I go running. It's part of my routine is I go run. And while I'm running, I pray. I usually get about two to three miles in and then I'm done. And then I got to find a way home uh, from there. But I pray while I run this ongoing dialogue with God. No agenda. It's just me being real in my words with God. No agenda at all. And I get ready. I eat my breakfast. I plan my day, and I'm out the door. That's my morning. That's my rhythm. And I think it's important in life cycles and life to follow Jesus, to find a rhythm, because it's foundational to developing a, rast- a lasting reading and study plan for your life. And what I've seen happen is that when I'm living on purpose and rhythm, I regularly see God shifting in my life, changing things in my life. My desires to be served turn into Christ-like desires to serve others. My goals and my interests become secondary to the goals and interests of others in my community. My personal Bible, Bible my personal prayer includes praying for others. My Bible study and my, my, my studies and Bible studies with others begin to work in tandem. My solitude and my fellowship with other Christians are spiritually connected and supernaturally support each other. And together, the two-beat rhythm of the Christian life fosters godliness, health, and love. And if we do not have time alone, then we will eventually fall during our time, fail during our time together. And if we don't have time together, then we will ultimately fail in our time alone. It's both and. And here's the truth of it. Many things that we will compete to defeat our rhythm in our lives. And even now, as we stop and look over our shoulder, we can see some of the things that are vying for our time. And if left unchecked, will throw us off balance. And you know what I mean the things that are buying for our time. We can work in industries that require the tough work of shift work, throwing off our biological clocks. We can be be on call from anywhere at any time, hindering our regular intervals of undistracted time alone. We can communicate with people we never met in person, preventing physical presence and authentic community. 
So how do we do it then? How do we follow God's pattern for our lives and resist the the devil's strategies to obstruct it? How can we possibly infuse this rhythm into our lives, especially if our lives are already out of sync? I'd like to encourage you to make a change. If that describes you, I'd encourage you to make a change. You can choose to do this too. I want you to maybe see yourself and ask yourself this question. What would it look like for me to develop a reading and study plan? Imagine yourself walking with God. Imagine yourself doing it. And so I'm going to keep it really simple. I'm already over time already, but I just want to keep it real simple and give you four things real quick that, I'm, that, I'm going to, that I, I just encourage you to do, to try. And they might seem underwhelming, <laughs> but I'll just tell you that, that sometimes the simple things are the best things. First of all, take off the burden of religion. Take off the burden of religion. I'm talking about the lies that, t- that, you, that, that tell you that there's a right formula, there's a right way, when in fact, I don't know that there is one right way. Maybe the lie says that if you don't have, you don't do it a certain way just, or just right, that God is going to be disappointed with me. Hear this. The condemning voice in your head is not the Holy Spirit. Secondly is to make a plan. We have, to, we have reading plans that are available for you. In fact, they're on the shelf on the way out. It's right before the Connection Center on the right. You can also go to our website. And on our website, there's actually a tab that says read the Bible. Click on it. There's a bunch of options uh, in there. But I'd say probably the most important part of actually doing, creating this rhythm is actually to make an appointment. Make an appointment with God. You make an appointment with your dentist, you make an appointment with your doctor, you make an appointment with your counselor or your, your wife or your children, whoever, your husband, doesn't really matter. We make those appointments. Why don't we schedule our time with God? Thirdly, pray. Pray before you read. Pray that God will show you his character, that you would see him for who he truly is and that you would see yourself rightly as well. Pray that God would reveal to you where you're falling short and confess it to him when he does. And finally, study the Bible with other growing Christians. Don't just get stuck in doing it by yourself. Do it with other growing Christians. The simplest way is to join a small group. And Pastor Matt did talk about that. And it's something you can, you can do today. It's one of the simplest ways. But I want to tell you why studying the Bible with other Christians is important. It always amazes me the kinds of things that other people see when they read Scripture that maybe I don't. Things that I don't see. But of course, the opposite is true as well. It's always amazing to me that people need to hear my perspective too. What's God showing me? Don't rob the people of, the people of God what God is teaching you by keeping it to yourself. Do it in community. Allow the rhythm to regulate your life. Allow God to speak through you and into you every single day. You can choose to live on purpose. Make the choice to get into a reading plan and see the results of God working through you. Let me pray for you. Father, I know that it is a challenge every single day to step into what you want for each one of us. So Lord, I pray for uh, all the people in this room and Lord, those who may be watching online. Lord, I pray that you would help us to create and develop a reading and study plan to read your word, to know you better, and so that we are being transformed every single day. God, thanks for your word and how it does exactly that. Help us to desire that. Help us to schedule it, get it into our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. 
If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.